This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. So we're back at the Humerian Health Podcast, Dr. Sean Benzinger and Amy Baker, and we're joined today with Dr. Jeffrey Ansel and his book, Food and Supplements for Optimal Vision Care. So, so you we're say gonna... that so well. Okay, so how long have you been in the field of uh, optometry in the first place? Eyes, just for those that aren't really familiar with these things, uh, how long have you been in the field? Yep. Uh, well, I graduated uh, optometry school in 1975, so over 40 years. Okay, well, I'm 82, so we're not too far Whatever. off. Whatever. It's not too yeah, far you off. Um, but you wrote, wrote this book, and, and what drove you to write this book, and what inspired you to do so? Back in the late 70s, I started working at a, uh, what's called a holistic uh, health center near San Diego. And I was working with many alternative practitioners, chiropractors, acupuncturists, nutritionists, and everybody who I worked with had nutrition as a part of their practice, except me. <laughs> and all, all people thought about at that time was, well, what your mom told you, eat carrots, they're good for your eyes. <laughs> yes. And I realized that since, you know, these other people I was working with had more in-depth knowledge of nutrition and how it affected different parts of the body, I started looking in more in-depth to this concept and realized that the eyes are actually connected to the body. <laughs> and so what's good for the body must be good for the eyes as well. So I started looking into this more and more, and um, it wasn't until 2001 that the National Eye Institutes came out with a study that showed some particular nutrients actually slowed the progression of an eye disease called macular degeneration. Sure. So that's that's when this became popular, and um, then I started looking uh, more into it and uh, just took it from there. Okay, that makes sense. Well, it's always interesting to us as to what leads somebody in their profession towards something. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you're working with a bunch of chiropractors <laughs> and a bunch of nutritionists <laughs> and a bunch of acupuncturists, which all those, I have those degrees. <laughs> so I know you were dealing with nutsy people. So yeah, that yeah. makes all the sense in the world. So that... Yeah, we were all nuts together. It was, it was, great. It was a great uh, I bet you it was fun. I bet you it was actually it was. very was, enjoyable was, practice, yeah. wasn't it? Yep, it was. I learned a lot, actually. Uh, you know, you think you, you learn everything in school, and what I realized is that my mm. my uh, uh, my health education started when I graduated. 100%. Yeah. They get you prepared yeah. to know just enough to find all the answers because you certainly don't see anybody that's in the books that you see very often. When you get the cut and dry, it's yeah. like, hey, I, I had one patient that was exactly how they said it would be. It's great today. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's start with some of the basics with relative to kind of just overall Take eye care. care. Of your eyes. Yeah. yeah. So care. how mm -hmm. often should you have your eyes examined? And I have a personal like bias and interest in this because I feel like I have good sight, but maybe I'm getting to the point in How my years that I should be having my eyes checked. So yeah. Okay. What's the basics? Well, my, my general philosophy is that um, eye problems are painless and slow to develop. And the only pain uh, receptors we have in our eyes are on the front. So obviously, if you get an eyelash in your eye or a scratch in the cornea, you, you feel it a lot. But none of the other eye disorders um, have that kind of pain. Hmm. So that's, that's the biggest problem. And so everybody comes in going, just what you said, I see fine, 2020. And um, actually, this always brings up one of the, uh, I was in the Navy after optometry school and 
seeing a lot of recruits and doing that kind of work. And this one kid said, well, I'm seeing pretty clear, um, but off to the side sometimes it's not so good. Hmm. So um, I you know, pulled that kid aside and had him go up to the regular clinic for some more testing. We found a pituitary tumor. Wow. Oh. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, the eyes are not only a window to the soul, they're a mirror of the body. Hmm. And so we can actually find a lot of disorders without people even realizing that they have a problem. So seeing clear and seeing 2020 is nice, but it's only one aspect of the health of your eyes. I mean, you can literally have 2020 vision and have a malignant tumor in your eye. So I don't like to scare people with that. Sure. But just to let people know that regular eye exams are extremely important every year. Huge, huge. And I, and I can uh, interject a very short story, which Amy always loves. <laughs> always um, a story. There's always a story. <laughs> my father actually had an eye exam. They said he had cataracts, and they removed the cataracts. And then uh-huh. he he died nine months later, not of cataract surgery. But the truth is he had a very large brain tumor. And uh-huh. the, the individual, unfortunately, that did the cataracts did not see the strangulation of the, uh, of the um, vein back in the eye because – as many listeners don't know, um, looking into the eye is actually, in the back of the eye, is actually looking in part of the brain. It's it's one of the only ways exactly. you can actually see it. It's kind of cool. Exactly. That's yeah. cool. So, yeah, and actually when I take, I, take pictures, I take pictures of the back of the eye for people, you know, as part of their the exam. Yep. And uh, when we look at the picture, I say, okay, what you're looking at is actually connected to the brain. Mm-hmm. And we can actually see the blood vessels inside your eyes without having to cut you open. So it's... It's, a it's very cool. It's a it is very cool. That we're looking into. Yeah, I only yeah. I only say that just because um, finding a good person in any field makes all the difference. And I don't blame the other doctor because the, the the cancer was so bad and everything else. And I don't even know if it was really there, but it it was kind of a, a big deal. But um, so enough of that. Well, the challenge with cat the challenge with cataracts is they kind of they, they block your view you can't of see the it. back of the eye. Right, right. Well, and I so didn't that, know. You know. A lot of times you don't know what's back there until you take the cataract out. Well, that's what I, I thought. Well, they take that off and they would have seen it. And I'm thinking, well, maybe they couldn't see it just after removal because I, I just don't know enough about it. But here's the whole thing. It was the size of a softball. Yeah. It would not have mattered. Unfortunately, my dad wow. would have passed anyhow. Yeah. I mean, it was it was absolutely amazing. He just pulled his car over, stopped it, passed out, never woke up. It was the oddest mm-hmm. thing. So anyhow, wow. boy, that sounds a little morbid like, talking yeah. about your book. I'm you, so sorry. <laughs> we need to work <laughs> on your that storytelling. That guy would have had enough supplements. He probably okay. Well, so you said we should get eye exams every year, but when? So when should we start? Like, should kids get eye exams? Like, when? When's a good age to start that process? Yeah, and and this is this is the the big one. I I always feel that parents need to pass a test before they have a kid. <laughs> probably <laughs> several they tests. Don't, they, they, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Knows this stuff, yeah, and that's true. Um, you know, they typically rely on the pediatricians. You know, they do the regular testing for you know the pediatricians do, and they're you know pediatricians. God bless them; they're great. They're great doctors, mm-hmm. but eyes are not their forte, and they just have kids reading letters on a chart or just looking at something, and they don't really you know have that in-depth knowledge of the visual system to really know if there's other problems going on. So actually. Uh, I like to see kids at the ripe old age of one. One years old. That's the first wow. time. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then again at three, and then obviously before school, get a, get a really good exam at that point. We can do a lot of objective testing on the eye to see um, 
if there's any major prescription issues or if the eyes are coordinating well together and eye movements and things like that. So there's a lot of things we can test uh, to see, you know, how a kid is functioning. And certainly any child who is not performing well in school, anybody in that lower, you know, half of the class, mm -hmm. absolutely full eye exams because um, I'm very good friends with uh, school nurses. I've actually contributed to some of the uh, textbooks for school nurses and their, their list of uh, their, their duties, what they have to do is huge. And vision testing is one of those grunt things that they do. Oh, I guess we got to do the eye right. test thing. Right. And they just don't really know, you know, they just, again, same thing, reading letters on a chart is all they do. And that's just one aspect of our visual system, of uh, how clear we see far away. Now, unfortunately for you, I have stories sometimes that pop in my head. <laughs> so I have a kid that comes in for <laughs> head for headaches. He's six years old, and um, and I, I'm talking to him, and, and as I'm talking to him, it's like he couldn't focus on me. And I, I look at his mother, and I said can he see okay? Maybe that's just the reason for his headaches. And and I hold up these fingers just oh, probably six feet from him. He can't even tell you if I have two or three or five. He can't at all. Wow. I said, yeah. uh, didn't you have the nurse check? He says, oh yeah, I always bring my buddy. He tells me what the, what the letters are so I don't mess them up. <laughs> and I'm laughing. Yeah, I go, oh my gosh. That's we heard in the Navy too. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cheat the, it's cheat the eye exam. It's cheat right the eye side exam. <laughs> Well, in your book, you talk about three O's, and and can you and you kind of explain and break those down? And first of all, why are they important? And and kind of just explain a little bit more about uh, the importance of them for evaluations. Sure. Well, I typically consider the optometrist what we call the family or the general practitioner of eye care. In other words, we can handle pretty much anything. We can triage things. So I, you know, like people coming into my office, routine eye exams, we do all the testing. And if there's a, a, a you know, we do a lot of the medical aspects of it as well, but mm -hmm. we're not surgeons. So if something requires surgery, like I have a retinal specialist or a doc who takes out cataracts, sure. or, you know, if there's cornea problems, I have specialists in that area that I refer to. So those are the ophthalmologists. They've gone through medical school. And they spend an extra, you know, several years studying eye surgery, uh, eye diseases, and surgeries. Okay. Uh, and so you're the general you know, the eye doc. That's what an optometrist yeah. is. Okay, makes sense. Right. Yeah. So we, yeah, we not only do the the contact lenses and glasses and exams, but you know, I treat red eyes and I treat, um, you know, a lot of a lot of docs do. You know, with this child who not only couldn't see but he wasn't performing or had headaches. A lot of times it's eye coordination problems and things like that. And there's a lot of docs, optometrists who work in this area. And also we look, work with low vision, which is a condition where the best glasses don't provide 20-20. And, you know, people just can't see. So we work with magnifiers and things like that and different things to help them get around. So they, that's also part of, um, you know, typically an aging issue, you know, for the older people who have uh, eye diseases that can't be uh, resolved. And the optician is the, they fill the, the prescriptions from the, from the doctors. So think of them as kind of like the pharmacist. Okay. Where, you know, someone will bring a prescription in and just choose glasses. In some states they fit contacts, but in most states it's just filling glasses prescriptions. Okay. Very, very interesting. Um, 
You talked about nutrition really becoming such a, such a big deal in 2001, or at least starting to hit the scene that there was value in nutrition and, right. and, and overall uh, health. And like I said, I've been in practice since 82. The truth is um, what I know is the quality of food in our society is, has diminished so vastly and our diet habits right. are so bad, it does make sense that certain supplementation or nutrition would make a big difference in eyes from beginning on. So maybe we can start that process of explaining some of the key nutrients you look at that are not necessarily just disease, but prevention that you kind of think, hey, what foods do that? Carrots. What nutrition? Carrots. <laughs> carrots. Definitely carrots. Carrots do that. That's Bugs what my mom, well, yeah, my mom let's, said. Let's get this carrots thing taken care of once and for all. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, all right. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. Now, if you look at it on paper, it makes sense because carrots are actually named because they have beta carotene in them. Okay. Now, beta carotene is a type of molecule that gives the carrots their orange color. And um, in the body, when you eat uh, carrots or eat beta carotene, it will convert to vitamin A in the body. Okay. And so vitamin A is actually the molecule in the retina that transforms light energy into nerve energy and starts the hmm. process of sending the nerve impulse to the brain so hmm. you can see. So again, if you look at it on paper, beta carotene in carrots, mm-hmm. converts to vitamin A, vitamin A is in the retina, so eat your carrots so the retina is working and you can see. However, it doesn't quite work that way. Uh, first of all, if the body has enough vitamin A in it, and most people in the United States for sure have enough vitamin A, in okay. our, and it's stored in our liver. So um, there's no reason for the body to convert more beta carotene to more vitamin A because we have enough. Okay. Okay. And in addition, this process does not uh, function as efficiently as we get older anyway. But the biggest issue is that there are other carotenoids, which beta carotene is that in that category, that colored molecule. Those are called carotenoids. If... The, um, there, there are two other carotenoids that do um, make their way into the eye, and those are lutein and another one called zeaxanthin. Now, these two other carotenoids actually make their way to the center of the eye and have several different uh, valuable uh, uh, assets. So they protect the eye and they you know, are good antioxidants and, and this, um, this kind of work. So anyway, beta carotene actually competes with lutein and zeaxanthin to get around the body. Okay. So if you have too much beta carotene in your system, huh. the lutein and zeaxanthin won't get to the eye. Oh, oh interesting. interesting. That really, and I'll that. tell you, for people now, that juice now, carrots and stuff, it's an issue. Well, carrots are good. Now, I don't, I don't want to, you know, hit the carrot society and have them getting down on me. But, <laughs> They're going to be on your, your yard. Carrot your farmers in America. Morning, yeah. They'll be on my case in no time. But they are good, and you're not going to get likely too much beta carotene from just eating carrots. Okay. Now, if you're guzzling down quarts and quarts of carrot juice, that sure. could be a problem. Yep. Which a lot of people, you know, substitute it. Uh, but also, it's in the supplements. And a lot Good of times point. you look at the label on the supplements, and it'll start off with vitamin A, parenthesis, 100% is beta-carotene. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. the problem. 
because you're getting straight beta carotene. You're not really getting the actual vitamin A, and it may not, you know, again, it's gonna, you're going to overdose on beta carotene and not get the lutein and zeaxanthin into the eye. Totally going to go home and look at my multivitamin bottle now, <laughs> completely. Now, are that's you... One, and actually, that's one of the thing, uh, things I offer in my office okay. is a supplement evaluation. Very smart. Uh, now, I've looked okay. at dozens and dozens of supplement companies, and I found one that actually specializes in eyes, and they make a great full-spectrum multiple vitamin. They have all the science that works... You know that they show that why they you know put into their supplements what they do, and so I just use that as a reference and say, okay, you need this much of this and this much of this, and we will go through their supplements. And you know, people will be bringing bags and bags of pills <laughs> into the office. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. To be evaluated, and so that's what we'll do is we'll take some time and go through that in the office and say, okay, well, it looks like you're doing well with this one, but not enough of this one or too much of that one. And just get them get them balanced out, and it's a, it's about moderation and balance. Yep, makes sense. Now, are yeah. you suggesting they try to stay away from the extra beta carotene? Are you against the palmitic acid, just the straight vitamin A? Is that also effective? Uh, no, retinal palmitate is, yeah. is actually the best way to go. Okay, so that's the best way to okay. go. All right, how about diseases? Yeah, but also, again, remembering that remembering the vitamin A and you know D and E, they are oil, you know, not water soluble, so. They will stay in the body. So, again, overdosing is not the best way to go either. Absolutely. But you talked about <laughs> yeah. lutein's and uh, xenoxanthines. I said that correctly. Xenoxanthin. Yes. Xenoxanthin. Okay. Um, are those something that you that's supplement? That's a tongue twister. Everybody gets it wrong. Oh, no so kidding. No kidding. We have a few tongue twisters we need to put together. Yeah. Um, but are those supplements too, or are you recommending specific foods for those? Uh, you can get them in supplements. The main source that they use as uh, in the supplement is marigold flowers. So it's oh, probably not flowers. the best thing to go, you know, eat those. <laughs> eat marigolds. But... I had some this morning. <laughs> On my cereal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, I was just looking at one of my journals, and they, there was an ad for, uh, you know, macular protection stuff, and they uh, – they have the, the, their bottle of supplements with a couple of marigold flowers in front of it. So, that makes sense. Yeah, that, makes sense. That, is, that is the typical source for the supplements. But actually, the best foods uh, to get your lutein and zeaxanthin, number one, the uh, poster child for healthy food is kale. I was going to say yeah, dark green we leafy gonna, vegetables. Right. I knew it was coming. Yep, kale. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. sure, it's an acquired taste, and they need to work with it a little bit. But it, it <laughs> does have the highest you know, value. I tell of, you uh, what, man, put a little put a little lemon juice on it and some avocado, and like knead it for about five minutes with some salt, sea salt. Actually, That's you know what the best, best way to the best way to do it? Yeah. The best way to do it. What? Is cook it? Cook it. Oh, cook it down. I've only done that one time. Like a spinach, okay. like yeah. something now, like that. Yeah, well, this goes to my second one as well. The second best food would be spinach. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Now, the question I ask is cooked or raw? Right, right. Yeah. And if, most people are going to go with raw. Yeah. But the fact is for the hmm. fat-soluble nutrients, They'll which lutein, zeaxanthin are, it is better to cook them. Really? Yep. Because oh, it breaks, because they are bound, they are bound to the chlorophyll in the foods. Yep. So cooking them will break that bind about <laughs> cooking them mm-hmm. will break that um, connection and then therefore you, it's more bioavailable at the time. So Popeye really was right. <laughs> no, he had just canned a can spinach. Canned spinach is, is ready to go. It's already <laughs> pre-cooked. <laughs> nice. Now actually, my third one, real quickly, which is a surprising one, is 
eggs. Mm, love and, eggs. Mm. Well, I hope you like the yolk. I do. That's the best. I don't understand yeah. people that don't like yolks. It just doesn't make sense. He well, says it, this it, while it, he's looking at his cholesterol issue. And yeah. The truth is, we only take in, you know, our, our cholesterol levels are only 25% related to our diet. Right. Our liver makes our cholesterol. Correct. So, you know, the dietary stuff doesn't really matter that much. And the reason that the yolk is yellow is because of the lutein and zeaxanthin in it. That's what it is. No, I didn't know pigment. the color was came from the okay, lutein. So okay, so now I have to ask the question, free-range, organic, yeah, natural sure. eggs, or any eggs are good choices well, the, for the, that? The, the thing that really gets me these days is looking at the carton of the eggs, and it says vegetarian-fed. <laughs> doesn't make any sense, does it? Right. It doesn't make sense to me either. <laughs> like, first of all, if you're eating eggs, you don't care if it's, you know, I mean, coming from an animal, right? right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And... Are chickens vegetarian? No. no. They love worms. No. Bugs. <laughs> so so what what are they feeding? You know, heaven forbid they're they're feeding them corn, probably. Sure. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. That is exactly right. And we and you're probably aware that corn is a very high glycemic food. Yeah. Yep. And it's you know, it's so high glycemic it puts off so much energy we, we can run our cars on it. Yep. And so it's not the best food to be eaten. And I don't want to get into this whole subject, but 85 or 90 percent of it is genetically modified anyway mm-hmm. right Ooh. that so, is the issue yeah. Yeah, i'm not, I'm <laughs> not a fan of corn nope nope or weed or a lot of those other types of things so yeah. those are your top three f- uh, foods are there any others that you want to pop in there before we go to the next question uh basically the the you know dark leafy green stuff in okay. general you right. know, eat your salads Awesome. All right, let's jump to TV and computers. Yes, my favorite topic. Any iPad. any issues there that we should be concerned about? Yes, okay, but what are they? Well, it depends on what day we're talking because things are changing so fast in this area. Okay. Uh, uh, myself and a colleague, um, actually, let's go back to the, the late 70s when I was you know learning about the nutrition stuff. I started you know talking to people about it, and it was going nowhere because nobody really knew anything about the nutrition, and there was very little science out there about it. So I decided, I realized that um, people were starting to use computers more, and I was I had an office not too far from the university, and they had a computer sciences center, and people were starting to come into my office and they had these weird, you know, vision problems that didn't fit with their age, and it's like really, I mean, typically, you know, people either if they weren't nearsighted by the time starting to become nearsighted by the time they were eight or nine, you know, they were fine for a while, but these were people, you know, in their 30s that were starting to become nearsighted. That never happened. And mm-hmm. what I found out was all these people were staring at their computer screens all the time. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I, what I decided to do was actually start a little side business of going into corporations and teaching people how to use computers and not ruin their eyes. And there was a, a professor up at the uh, optometry school in Berkeley, and I went up there and, um, you know, talked to him and he was actually giving, he was doing a, a, a lab, a computer lab, computer vision lab, actually. So uh went in there and we, you know, uh, hung around for a few days and uh, connected and started uh, working with it. And um, I, myself and a colleague from Washington, D.C. decided to actually take the show on the road because the docs who were in school in the 70s never had to deal with computer vision issues. Mm-hmm. And the students now are dealing with, you know, more medical and health issues, and this computer stuff was falling through the cracks. Nobody was dealing with it. 
So we actually put a course together to teach doctors how to examine people for computer vision problems. How interesting. And yeah, it was fascinating. And so we got lighting experts in and we got, we worked with 3M that was making these uh, anti-glare filters. And so we were talking to different, uh, you know, professionals to have them come in and we did a whole weekend seminar on it. So we got, um, you know, got the word out there and, you know, of course you're, you know, uh, relating it to TVs as well. And it's a whole different thing when you're looking at a television because it's so much further away mm-hmm. and uh, the images are, you know, totally different. So it's not, uh, it's not quite the same, but the, the issues that people were dealing with at that, that time were the fact that paper required, um, you know, external light mm-hmm. and needed, you know, so it reflected into your eyes, whereas the screens had their own light. Mm-hmm. So how do the workplaces get set up? Because the people were look, working under fluorescent lights. Correct. And they were looking more straight ahead instead of looking down at papers. And so if you're looking more straight ahead, you're getting lighting, lighting in from across the room or in windows and things like that. So the, the bottom line was, you know, we, we needed to look at, number one, what's the work environment? Number two, what work habits did they have? Were they looking at the screen all the time, going back and forth, the paper, up and down? And what are their eyes like? Did they have? Were they farsighted, nearsighted? Have astigmatism? You know, vision, other different vision issues. So that's kind of those three areas that we addressed in our seminars. Very interesting. Now, are cell phones the same? Well, that's that. You know, is a whole different thing because most when we were talking about computer use, we were talking about a, a set monitor sitting on a desk. Right. And you know, how far should it be? How you know, what's the angle of it? How high should it be? And you know, so all these different aspects of it, because it wasn't movable. Well, now we're, you know, we're carrying our computers with us, and we were able to, you know, use them everywhere right. and anywhere. My general um, overview is the fact that it's not the computer screen itself; it's the fact that we're using it for everything. So it's the near, you know, near vision problems that okay. we were having. Um, I'm guessing you're over 40. I, I, I've just <laughs> yeah. just, just a tiny there. bit. Yeah, just just there. Just got there. Okay. So <laughs> our, our focusing ability constantly changes as we age. And oh, yeah. I, in the office, I actually have a little chart that uh, I show people. And on, one, on the uh, vertical axis of one side, it's the folk maximum focusing ability, and the bottom is age. Hmm. And the uh, maximum focusing ability is about the age of 10. What? Wow. There. Yeah, I'm declining quickly, <laughs> that's for sure. You know, I did great yeah, until about 45, 46, and then it was like... Uh, exactly, and that's what I show awful. people. I say where I'm holding this is about number five, and you'll look and see where number five hits the line, and it goes down to the age of 44. Yep, yep. yep. So, that was exactly Yeah, it's a gradual process. So, And then in your 40s, your arms just get too short. So it's really an arm <laughs> problem. It has nothing to do with your eyes. That's right. That's yeah. what I keep telling him. Hire a few octopi, and I would have been fine. <laughs> Okay, yeah. well, let's let's talk about let's talk about where we can get your book. Like always, our podcasts are never long enough to get to everything we want to, but that forces them to buy your book and then <laughs> right. uh, cover all the information associated with it. Now, is it Amazon? Do you have a website? Uh, how do they reach you? Yeah, I do have a yeah, I, I do have a website. My uh, office is E Street Eyes, and E Street Eyes spelled out is my website. And I can, uh, you know, get people books that way or Amazon. It's the easiest, quickest way to do it as well. Okay, great. Um, We always try to cover three quick questions that we think are important. Um, 
as for the listeners. Um, number one is, I know it sounds silly, but do you see, uh, how frequently do you see adults putting off their eye services? Because one of the first questions that we always, we know is a person has to think they're worth it or, um, or they're worth taking the time for to take care of their eyes. Do you see it uh, in your practice pretty frequently over the years that people just put it off way too long? Oh, yeah. Actually, I had a, a friend of mine who's in a, in a uh, business group with me, and uh, he said, hey, I don't need to see you now. I got a bigger iPhone. <laughs> nice. yeah, that's pretty good Great. that's pretty good thanks so that's <laughs> typical and and the one product that i i see out there in the universe that uh, has the best most appropriate name are cheaters mm-hmm. yeah 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 yep. and those are the reading glasses in the drugstore that people just keep putting on and try to get by so again if they can see they think everything is fine again no mm-hmm. pain no problem good point so that's the biggest issue I see out there is that people keep putting this off and putting it off because it doesn't hurt and they can get by with these reading glasses. And just real quickly, the, the drugstore reading glasses, the side effect of the lenses is that they magnify the image. See, it, what they actually do is, you know, alter the, the focusing ability of the eye. So um, they never have, they have both lenses and both eyes are always the same. Right. And the distance between those lenses is always the same, which may not correlate to the distance between your eyes, and that can cause eye strain. And no astigmatism corrections. Astigmatism is an optical distortion. And I've seen people with lots of astigmatism who think they see well until they put it on the glasses. Yep. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of things you know out there. Fabulous. And so it's yeah, it's easy for people to put off eye care, unfortunately. Yeah, it makes mm-hmm. sense, and and I know there's many low cost places that give you an option to be able to do things, um, and we also know that half the reason is just simply whether they can wear the glasses, do what they need to do, which we know people can do. It's an excuse. I think the first thing right. is just getting them in the door, and and that uh, and plus sharing information such as you have, because right now you have now convicted me of <laughs> severe guilt of cheaters. And, and I've, I've got 5,000 of them, and they're everywhere. Yep, they're, yeah, people do. And, you know, terrible. if it's just a matter of re- reading the menu at no, night. No, no, no. I, I get such a kick much. out of I know it. I love, I love going to dark restaurants because people are just pulling out their cell phones and lighting up <laughs> the menu so they yeah. can see the thing. And I'm, I'm passing out cards left and right. <laughs> I bet you are. I bet you nice. are. But, okay. again, the cheaters work for people who, you know, again, just I just need them to see the menu at that point. No big deal. But, you know, I don't want people who have visually intensive jobs you know, looking at computers or the cell phones or, you know, really working their eyes during the day. That's when they need the right stuff. It's the same, you know, I, I you know, I'm fortunate enough to live near the beach. And, you know, I, I, it kills me to hear people say, well, I don't want good sunglasses. I just want something I can wear at the beach. It's like, whoa, that's where you need the good ones. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> because that, that's, yeah, that, that's where you need the most protection. You don't want the cheap drugstore stuff. Um, because, I mean, obviously they get them trashed, they get scratched, they get lost, things like that. But, again, the good protection is, is needed at the beach in, in a, lot of, a lot of sunny places, okay. elevations, ski resorts, things like that. Sure, appreciate it. We, first of all, we appreciate your time. 
Absolutely. Uh, excellent book, uh, excellent information. I know we covered like nothing in comparison to whatever. Um, but hopefully we'll I'm gonna be go able home to and cook some kale. That's what I'm going to do. Kale, yeah. and I'm getting a can of spinach with Popeye's <laughs> face on it, and I'll I'll be able to see much better. Throw away my kale cheaters. Omelet. Yeah. Kale Ooh, omelet. Yeah. I never thought about mm-hmm. tormenting mm-hmm. myself like there that. You Excellent. Go. Okay. Well, Doctor, thank you so much for joining us and getting up early and um, participating and helping our listeners. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Sean. It was my pleasure. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com.